God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. And he was uh, he was writing to a church that he had he had been to yet. Okay, he always hoped. Now remember when when uh, he had his Damascus Road encounter, and God told uh, Ananias to go lay hands on Paul on a street called Straight, and Ananias asked the question. He told him he's my instrument, and that he will learn. I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. Well, what God showed him was that he would eventually end up in Rome and he would, be, he would die there as a martyr. Okay? He would eventually end up in Rome, the capital of the world at the time. And he would preach to the Praetorian Guard. He would be in Rome long enough to win some people over in Caesar's house as well as bring the gospel to Rome. Okay? So he's writing to them saying how much he wants to be with them and look forward to coming to see them what to give them the gospel. Our job as ministers, as real preachers, is to give the gospel. Give God's word. Explain God's word. Not give a couple of uh, 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 scriptures and then go where we want to go. And you call it a good sermon. I want you guys to be so well discerned that when you listen to somebody, when you see somebody start talking and they give you a passage, your question should be, what are they going to say that's about this passage? Now, if they go away from the passage, what you just got is not a sermon. What they did is throw a word of God in there and really just, they could just took the, the, the word of God out. Let's tell you about what they want to tell you about. They didn't need the word of God to do that. But we got so many preachers skilled in, I'm going to give you a few verses. It has nothing to do of where the verse is. It has something, nothing to do where I want to take you, but I'm going to take you there. The question should be is when, I'm, when you're done listening to the sermon, your question should ask me. Any other preacher person you listen to, what does it have to do with the word of God and what does it have to do with saving somebody's soul? Okay? How does it convict somebody to be saved? Or how does it motivate the saved to continue and, and endure? There's only two things it's supposed to do. It's not supposed to make you run out of here necessarily and write a check, but it should make you think. And you guys are good at it. You're better than you ever were, but you got to go to that next level. I want you to listen more and amen less. Amen. Okay? Just because somebody looked the part and smelled good and wear nice suits, don't mean they saying nothing. And you're not going to get a read out of me no more because I've been doing real good because ain't nobody caught me. Say, Pastor, you was disgusted. I'm just a Cheshire cat smiling because I know that I pray that you listen. You pay attention. And do not be ashamed, and it's your responsibility. If you didn't understand what they was talking about, instead of coming there shaking their hand and hugging them, you slow down, Jackie, like you did with me. That that say, not so much, you, but you talk to me. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do that. That helps them. You're not challenging them, and that's don't let them throw that. Don't touch my God. Uh, you know, do not touch my God. Don't do my problem. You're not doing the prophet no harm if you're trying to understand what they were talking about. And if they're not willing to take the time to tell you, explain to you where they was trying to take you, then discard their message. 
Because they didn't spend any time with God to get it. All they did was pick off the top of their head. That's what I think about plagiarism. Because if you use somebody else's information, if someone comes to you about a question about it, if you haven't studied it, how are you going to be able to answer those questions? Yeah, you're not going to be able to answer those questions if all you do is read off a prompter. Right. You know, you can be like, what sermon? Yeah. Sermon on last Sunday. Well, which was the title? Let me, hey, let me look, look it up. Yeah, let me look it up, okay? So, okay, Sister Jackie, let's start off from verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was a descendant of the, from David. Okay, let's stop right there. Paul, what is Paul? What did he say he is? An apostle, right? And he's what? Set apart. What is he set apart to do? To what? Go ahead, you're right. To preach the gospel. Okay, he's set apart to preach the gospel. He's not set apart to do anything else. He's set apart to preach the gospel. Whose gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, just that is so powerful. He didn't pick himself, God picked him. God chose him and said, see, you can't set yourself apart. Somebody of authority has to set you apart. You see what I'm saying, Sister Jackie? It, he didn't set himself apart. He didn't pick himself. He was set apart by Jesus, a higher authority, to preach what Jesus said, not what he said. And this was done, prophesied to, back in the Old Testament with the prophets. That's why the Bible says the prophets and the angels long to hear what, what you are hearing now because they look forward to Jesus coming. And now we're looking forward to Jesus' return. For Paul being set apart. He didn't choose himself. Did nobody vote on him? Because even Paul said at one point that did nobody vote on me or lay hands on me. I was chosen directly by Jesus. And that was the road to Damascus moment that we read in Acts, okay? He was chosen by Jesus. So when he's talking about he's set apart, that the, 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 the time frame was he was set apart and knew he was set apart when he had his road to Damascus moment. Okay? God had knocked him off his horse. And think about what he was doing. On what he was on his way to do. He was on his way to persecute Christians. So God can use somebody who wants to murder his own kind. And that's how he gets the glory. He uses the least expected person to carry his word. And everybody who carries his word is nowhere near perfect. Okay? We are all broken vessels. But we are vessels chosen by God. And it's only in God that we can carry his message. Now, we can be gifted. Now, now I want you to listen carefully. You can be gifted and not chosen by God to do this work. God can make you a gifted orator, but you're not a pastor or teacher. God can make you a gifted singer, don't mean you're supposed to be a pastor. You see what I'm saying? Because God says he gives gifts without repentance. And you can use your gift in the wrong way. Because if he gave it and you, everybody did it in the right way, we wouldn't be the problem we're in now. So you can be gifted, but you decide to use it for your own gain and your own benefit. Okay? Everybody got gifts in this room. You can use your gift to glorify God, or you can use your gift to glorify yourself. You choose. God leaves you that choice. Okay? He's not going to make you use your gift to glorify him. He's that kind of loving and that kind of patient. He wants you to come to the conclusion that if he's the gift, the Bible says he's the giver of good gifts, that you should honor the gift giver and not the gift itself. Don't worship your gift. Worship who gave it to you. Okay? Go ahead, read. According to the flesh, 
and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Now think about this. He was the son of David according to what? The flesh. But he's the son of God according to the spirit. You say, well, what are you saying, Pastor? The flesh wasn't God. I want you to be clear for me. The flesh wasn't God. It was what was in the flesh that was God. Okay? Because by the spirit, the spirit, a spirit has no flesh. So it was what was in the spirit. By Mary, he had his natural. By God, he's supernatural. He's fully human and fully God. Not 50-50. Fully. Now that's a mystery. We don't, we don't even know how to equate that. We just know he was fully human and fully God. He wasn't half on and half off. Because he experienced sleep. But then God never sleeps. But he was the incarnation of God that was veiled. He veiled his power. He veiled his glory by his choice. But don't forget, he was fully God. And his name is Jesus. Okay? Or Yahweh or Yahshua. That doesn't matter. Don't get quick twisted up in that. Okay? All right? So we have him telling him. This authority that was given to him was given to him by this man God, Jesus Christ. Higher authority sets you apart to do work. Your supervisor sets you apart to do your job. Same thing, same principle. You are being set apart to do a magnificent work by God that created the heaven and the universe. Hey, that God that created them and them. <laughs> the four people. Okay? All right, go ahead. Uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Okay, so he's been set apart by what? Grace. grace. To an apostleship. So this is not an appointed thing. This is a gracious thing. Nobody deserves to be an apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Nobody. That's something God does by grace. So I'm here by grace. You're here by grace. Everything that we do, next breath, by grace. It is not promised. You don't earn grace. So what is he saying? I didn't earn the right to be an apostle. But that ain't, what we, that ain't what's going on in our church today, is it? People are saying, I earned the right. I've been there. I went to all the classes. I studied under such and such and had earned me the right to be this. You can't be this without being called by grace. Now, only way that you know that I'm called by grace is by the things that I teach. Only way that I know that I'm called by grace because under my natural mind, I wouldn't be doing this. There's nothing natural that makes me want to get up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, write down what God is telling me, study the word of God like I do every day. Sometimes I think I'm going crazy. I study. Y'all don't really realize. I wish that I could like put a camera up and y'all can see my little regiment that is not a regiment that I do through every day, but how much I listen. I don't turn on TV. I turn on this preacher. I turn on that preacher. And I'm talking about good preachers. I don't listen to heretics. I turn on John MacArthur, uh, R.C. Sproul, Alistair Begg, Charles Stanley, uh, 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 David Jeremiah. Uh, uh, it's a whole bunch of them. And some 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 ones you don't know. But they all saying the same thing. Okay? 
So I do that. Then I study my word. I go through a psalm every morning. I'm drinking my coffee. And I go through a proverb every morning. Why don't you my coffee? And I meditate on that. Then I pray. And I pray for y'all. Then I go off the dog for a second. I go out and train him 15 minutes. And these are intervals. It's not like hours on in at one time. But these are like intervals. I might do this in 15 minutes, put some clothes in, and come up and just turn something on listen to it as I'm walking through the house. That's not natural. That's supernatural. Because no matter where I go and what I try to do, this is what I yearn to do. God has put that hunger in me. I didn't put it in myself. I didn't put it in myself. God put it in me. And it ain't that long since God put it in me, as far as I'm concerned. It's 11 years now. But I'm just as hungry as day one for his truth. Because I know his truth set me free. Not what I felt about the world, not about money, but his truth. So to do what Paul needed to do, he needed an, not common grace, but an extraordinary grace to be signed an apostle. Now, what is an apostle? Now, y'all should know that definition. What is an apostle? Well, that's, that's what they do. What is the definition of the word apostle? No. No. That's a disciple. Yeah, what is an apostle? Now, apostle can be a, apostle can be a learner, but every disciple, let me see, apostle can be a disciple, but every disciple is not an apostle. You follow me? A teacher is a student, but every student is not a teacher. Okay. Yeah, Paul taught. Okay, Paul's a teacher, but no, okay, let me give you. Apostle is a military term. An apostle is simply an ambassador. Someone who is sent. Someone who is sent. And it's a military term. Someone who is sent. So we said, by grace, God made me someone who he sent to represent him. Our ambassadors to these other countries are considered apostles. The authority they get is not their own. It's from the person who what? Who sent them. Yeah. So any authority that I have over you is not because of me. It's because of who sent me. So I don't come in my own name. I come in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we did you know, the baptisms. Think about it. And he says, go out and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what that was until later, because they couldn't do it then because the Holy Spirit hadn't came. So Jesus was the name that he gave us. Father said, it's Jesus' name that all men might be saved. So wouldn't it be better to be baptized in the name that's going to save you? That just made good common sense. Okay? All right. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my Stop. This is his, that was his introduction and his greeting, okay? All right. Now, first, he's about to get busy. Yes. Pay attention. He's longing to go to Rome. Mm -hmm. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my, I'm sorry, 
Go, that go. without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, mm -hmm. asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So, so faith is supposed to encourage other people's faith, right? We're supposed to be encouraged by each other's mutual faith. Alright? We're supposed to build up. That's what, that's what faith does. Faith builds up. So we go from faith to faith. Faith, faith from faith. We go faith, faith. That builds up in each and every one that edifies the body. And Paul is saying, I hope to come to you and give you some of what I have that not only may I build you up, but guess what you're going to do when I give it to you? Build me up. It's a reciprocal thing when I talk to you guys and teach you guys and listen to you guys because as you learn, it builds me up. As you comment for what you've been taught, it builds me up. As I hear you use what you've been taught by in the word of God, it strengthens me. Okay? And then a curve comes like that question. Makes you say, did I even teach anything? But that didn't come from y'all. Okay? So go ahead. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. Stop. He said, think about what he just said. He wants to come, he can't come, but he wants to come so he can do what? Reap. What? A harvest. Uh -huh. What did you think the harvest is that he's trying to reap? Saving souls. Yeah. Saving souls. And if you're not saved, what is the harvest he's trying to reap? We just talked about it. What's he trying to do? Amen. No. What is he trying to do? For those who are saved, for the unsaved, he's trying to save their soul. That's, that's the fruit of that. Reaping, you reap fruit, right? Right. Okay. So the fruit of unsaved would be saved. What would be the fruit of the saved? To keep them. Encourage them. We just read that. Encourage their faith. Grow them up. Edify them. So anytime that I'm talking to people, I'm even talking to the unsaved, same gospel, for to get saved, but the gospel to you keeps you focused and it keeps you edified and energized. The same gospel that, that cures you is the same gospel that cuts you is the same gospel that'll build you up. It doesn't change. Same word, same gospel. Its motive is to build up and to let you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is all about Jesus. This is not about anybody else. Okay, this is about Jesus. So if you're not leading people to Christ, you're leading people astray. I don't care. I, I don't care if you have good intentions or not. Your good intentions, some of the hellish things on this earth has happened because somebody had a good intention. And they were sincere about it. But they can be sincerely wrong. Okay? There's only one or two ways. Dark or light, left or right, the narrow way or the broad way, you choose. Come through the narrow gate or tumble on in on your own. But God doesn't want you to tumble in. He wants you to come in through the narrow gate. But the issue in society today is everybody want to come in some other kind of way than what God says. And that's what God says. You work of iniquity. I never knew you. Because you want to come in your way. You want to come in. All dogs go to heaven. You want to come in. I repent of sin. You want to come in to, to, to talk to a God who you don't reverence but actually looks like you. Okay. God is not our coffee buddy. Jesus is not our coffee buddy. He's our friend because he's friendly. But we should still reverence him as God because he's God. Okay? 
I don't sit down with Jesus at my table drinking my coffee and he's sitting next to me drinking his latte. Okay, that ain't how you reverence God. Because every time I see in the Bible where Jesus came back in some kind of form or fashion, the people hit the floor. Okay, they worshiped him. They fell out on their face. Not, on their, hold on, not even on their knees. They fell on their face and worshiped him. And then, hold up, and waited for him to say, get up. God always will tell someone who worships him right to get up. He'll never leave him on the ground. He never left nobody on the ground. He would always touch him and say, get up. You did? You did. Thank you. Get up. But you want to start face to face with God and never fall on your face to God. You're not having a relationship with the true living God. Because you ain't made him awesome. You ain't made him fearful. You haven't made him reverent. You haven't made him the creator of the universe. He's just your next door neighbor who wears khaki shorts and a polo shirt that comes out to talk to you every now and then. Okay? That person has the Holy Spirit in them. They may be saved, but they're not God. Okay? They're not God. Okay, read. I am under obligation both to the Greek and to barbarians, mm -hmm. both to the wise and to the foolish. So basically, we said the Greek and barbarians. He repeated it by just saying the wise and the foolish. Right. The Greeks were supposed to be the smart ones, and we know barbarians are supposed to be dumb. So he just said he just said it twice for emphasis. He's supposed to preach the gospel basically to who? Everybody. So the gospel we preach is for everybody, but it has to be the gospel of Jesus Christ that's for everybody, not the American gospel. Okay? The American gospel is uniquely for Western civilization and countries that are, are, are rich with material wealth and possessions, and the whole focus of your whole life is to get, get your piece of the rock. Okay? But that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about standing on the rock of your salvation. Okay? All right, go ahead. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also. Mm -hmm. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So he's eager to preach the gospel. He's looking forward to it. Go ahead. Uh, the righteous shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. Now, check, check this out. The righteousness shall live by faith. Go ahead. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Now, it's only powerful to those who what? Believe. believe. It doesn't work if you don't believe. And that's when you hear me say, it's it's good enough for everybody, but it only works for those who believe. It's only affectious with an E if you have the affection with an A to believe. If you don't believe, it's just another piece of word. Okay? Your belief plays a part in this. Even though God sovereignly chooses you, the mysterious is how that levels out in our minds and our hearts. But it's just a fact. Some things you can't explain. It just is. He says the gospel is effective if you believe. If you don't believe, it's ineffective. It's just ineffective. Don't work on you. But if you've been taught all this bad doctrine and all this bad stuff, it's hard to squeeze through that because what the gospel says is you don't have to do anything to be saved. Just believe. That's why I read John. The gospel says you don't need to do anything. He did it. Just believe that he did. And believe what he did worked. But, but we can't work like that in America because we always got to do something. Does he want me to come to church? Sure he does. Does he want me to come to the Bible? Sure he does. But that's not a requirement for salvation. That's good fellowship and sanctification. But that is not a requirement for salvation. And the salvation like this, you are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Past, present, future. Okay? You are sanctified 
You are being sanctified, and you are sanctified. Past, present, future. God sees you as complete. He doesn't see the work in progress, even though he orchestrates it, but he always sees the success. Think about this. God only sees the success of his children. He doesn't really trip off the failures because he knows his children are going to repent for the failures. Ain't that great? God loves you so much that he only sees through the, through the sacrifice of his son. So when you fall, all you got to do is turn. Repent and turn. And now the healing starts. Ain't that what the Bible says? If my people are called by my name, shall what? Humble themselves and do what? And turn. And turn. That's repent. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast. I would like to encourage and invite all those who are in the St. Louis metropolitan area to come out and worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ, 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. Our Bible study times are 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All are welcome. Please come join us, worship with us, and learn with us. Bring your smile, bring your faith, and bring everything you know about God. We really love the interaction, sharing, and the fellowship. So come on out and join us every Sunday, 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ, 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114, and at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. every Tuesday at the same address. I'm looking forward to meeting you and enjoying the fellowship with you. This is Pastor Jay. I always want you to be encouraged and be at peace. See you on the other side. For the failures. Ain't that great? God loves you so much that he only sees through the, through the sacrifice of his son. So when you fall, all you got to do is turn. Repent and turn. And now the healing starts. Ain't that what the Bible says? If my people are called by my name, shall what? Humble themselves and do what? And turn. That's repent. Wicked ways. What you do is fall and say, God, I did it my way, but you know what? I am so sorry. I ain't going to do it that way no more. I'm going to go your way. But you can't know God's way until you know God's word. Mm. You can't know God's way until you know his word. All right? Read. To the Jews first and also to the Greeks. Mm-hmm. For in it, the, righteous, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Your book may say the just shall live by faith. Now what he's saying is, it's from faith. Now some people say from faith to faith. But it says what? From faith what? For faith. For faith. That's a whole different sentence. See, we are from faith to faith. That ain't what that says. It says from faith for faith. From faith for faith, meaning that it's from the faith of what Jesus done on the cross that we pass on his faith to others. From faith for faith. So for us to gain faith, we have to preach what is powerful. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is a power unto salvation. First to the <coughs> Jews, <coughs> and then to the Gentiles, right? Then he said Greek and barbarian, or whichever way he did that. What he's saying is, the power is in the gospel, and the gospel is given by faith. When you tell someone the gospel, you're telling them it by faith. 
because you believe it will do what it's supposed to do because you know the Bible says his word will not come back what? You ain't got to be no scholar for that. You just got to know no Bible to know it's there. To know that if God's, if, if Paul said it's the power, then my job as a, a, a administrator, ambassador, is to preach what's powerful, right? Everything else that I don't preach is not gospel, meaning the word of God. It's useless. It's like a claim symbol. It sounds good. It makes our motion as well. And, and, and little thing that I learned was this. If it automatically makes me feel well before it makes me get convicted, then it may be something that's wrong with what's being said. Because God's word convicts before it cures. And you shouldn't, and as a saint of God, as you mature in God, you shouldn't need the same conviction you got 20 years ago. Because you should be delivered from that. You should be delivered. You should be more mature down the line. I heard a guy say yesterday, I'm paper Bible saved. I started laughing. Paper Bible saved. What he said is, we've gotten so much into, and I'm using electronics because of my handicap, but I understand what he means. Because some people's Bible look as new as the day they bought it. And they had it for 20 years. No markings in it, no notes in it, no nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, this is where we're at, all right? So Paul is trying to build something and he's trying to get us in a position to where we can hear the gospel. He's making logical, these are not super spiritual way out here arguments. These are very logical step-by-step arguments. Okay, go ahead and read. We're almost done for the day. We ain't going to get too far. Okay, God's wrath on unrighteousness. God's wrath upon unrighteousness. Please pay attention to this. This is so important. This is God's view of mankind. Go ahead. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man. Stop right there. Where does the view of man's condition come from? You ready? Heaven. Y'all trying to think too much. You're not looking at your, at your, at your at what you just read. I'm going to go step by step. So God's view of what's, who determines what's good and godly? God does, right? right? So who determines what's unrighteous? God does, not you. Now, if you say the same thing God says, then you're fine. But God is determined. He said, it is revealed, which means God is the one revealing what is wrong with mankind. Okay? So start back over with that, that, that one sentence. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man. Wrath of God. What God's going to do to unsaved folk. Okay? Go ahead. Who by their unrighteousness suppresses the truth. What do they do? And how do they suppress it? By their what? Okay. They suppress the truth by the unrighteousness and they deserve the wrath of God. Right? God says they deserve wrath not because they don't know. He's a ignorant did. He said what their problem is they suppress what is right. Okay, you're going to read some more about that. He's going to continue in that vein about their problem, issue with mankind. It's not that they're ignorant. It's that they suppress. Your problem is you suppress. You want to believe what you've been taught 20 years ago because you're standing on a house that's slippery sand and you don't want to stand on the side of rock because it goes against what you've been believing all your life. Leave that alone. I know it's hard to cut all that crap out of you. I know that. It, it, I just thank God I don't have it because I know it would be really hard for me. 
Because I'm stubborn like that. I'm glad God kept me away from all that. Kept me on the fringe of churches and stuff. He let me just get involved like that. You know, I don't have all that baggage. When I came, I wanted to know the truth. Period. I didn't want to know nothing else. I didn't see the effect of what I call people in church. And I didn't want none of that. Okay? So now we have a situation where he says your issue is that you suppress the truth. You need to underline that. Anybody's problem, Jackie, your friend's problem is suppression. That's her problem. Suppression. Now, if she's ignorant, that's one thing. But I believe her problem is suppression. Okay? Because God just said it was. All right? Not me. God said it was. Read on. This is so good. But what can be known about God is plain. Stop. Oh, I'm sorry. Read again. I stopped before I attack. Go ahead. I'm getting so excited. Go ahead. What can be known about God? It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. You can't get no simpler than that, can you? What is known about God is what? Plain. Underline that. Plain. To who? To them. No, 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 no. Get out of that. No, they ain't saying about no believers. They said to them. Mankind. Okay. The, what, what God is saying is those who don't believe, because we're talking about the people who don't believe, it's been manifested to them. But they don't, but they hold the truth in unrighteousness. So God has made it plain. How's God made it plain? Now read. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Stop. So what he's saying is, is the fact that you see there's a son and don't know how it got there, you should know there's a God. True. Just that simple. Because you see clouds, because you see people, because you see this, because you see that, because you see nature, and it's worked so perfect. Sun come up like it's supposed to come up. Sun go down like it's supposed to come down. You ain't missed a day. Everything happens, and it's out of the invisible mind of God. Let there be light. He created everything, and it's right here. You're looking at it, and you and you're ignoring it, and you're ignoring it. You're saying, you're saying. That there is no God. And she's going to say that. Go ahead, read. So they are without excuse. They don't have an excuse. Go ahead. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Stop. Read that again. Okay. For although they knew God. Stop. So is this about ignorance? No. 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 Come on. Come on. If you know something, you're not ignorant. Okay, listen. Listen. He said they knew God. Okay? They had knowledge of God. Hold up. And, and they knew God. And he said, man, you without excuse because you knew God. That means that you, didn't, you knew, but you was hiding the truth and the unrighteousness. You knew God. And what did you do with your knowledge of God? Read slow. Go ahead. They did not honor him they, as God. They did not honor him. So we got an honor problem, right? That's that coffee buddy problem. There it is right there. They did not honor God mm -hmm. as God. 
Okay? Then what else? Or give thanks to him. And we have a thankless person. People who won't give thanks to God. Does somewhere in the Bible talk about thanksgiving? And all things give what? Thanksgiving? Yeah. See, we have to understand that, 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 that there's a relationship that God wants to have with us based upon honor and recognition. Say honor, honor. and recognition. Of who he is. Of who he is. Not who we want him to be, but who he is. Okay? Read on. You get a chance. Yeah, make your mark. I like when you make your mark. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Woo! Claiming to be wise is that person I was telling y'all about. The Bible says they what? Became fools. They became fools. Not that they, not that they were fools, but over time they what? Became. If something becomes, it happens over time. Right. We don't know how long it happened. It could happen in two days. But it is not their natural state of foolishness. Now you're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, but you become a fool when you suppress the truth about God. Okay? Read. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. Oh. And hold up, hold up. God wants to go to slow. You ex there's an exchange. You exchange underline exchange the glory. Exchange the glory. So you don't recognize him, you exchange his glory. Okay? You exchange his glory. For what? Who, who do you get the glory to? Man. man. And then once you get the glory to man, next thing you do is do what? Read. And birds and animals and creeping things. Birds and animals and creeping things. So you go from self-worship to worshiping everything God's created. You worship the creation more than the creator. You have a more affinity for cats, dogs, and pets than you do for the God who created mankind. Okay? Ain't that happening in our world today? Yes. All right. God ain't, God ain't gonna lie. Go ahead and read. Therefore. Therefore. Okay, this is the good word, therefore. Therefore means because of these things. So you underline something. Give me some words you underline. Right there. Before that. Then about the glory, what well, give me that? What is Exchange of glory. Exchange of glory. And Is that what I told y'all? Oh, okay, but well, what did you highlight? I have highlighted exchange the glory. And exchange the glory. glory. What else? Um, okay, and didn't I worship him? Ask God, right? Right? And what else before that? It did not honor him. Okay. So did not honor, did not worship, and exchange glory. That's what I want y'all to get. So therefore is because of that. Because you didn't worship, you didn't honor, and you exchanged his glory. Therefore, meaning, this is what happens when you do those things, okay? I just want to try, I'm trying to get you to learn, to teach you how to read in context. If when you see the word therefore, that's going to explain what, it, what he just said, okay? He just, he just outlined the problem. Now he's going to show you what happens because of the problem, okay? That was the menu. Now we get into the dish. Go ahead. Therefore, God gave them up in, in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Stop. Who got another version? Read that. I like that version. But I want to hear some other version. God also gave them up. Speak up. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness, 
in the uh, lust of their heart to dishonor of their body. Stop. That's the same thing? Yep, the same thing. What else you got, mother? What you got? Where, uh, where I got word for God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own heart to dishonor their own body between themselves. Okay, bottom line is God gave them up. Uh -huh. Now, this is what I'm going to say. God didn't give up. God gave them up. There's a difference. When God gives up, you done. But when God gave you up, He's letting you go the way you want to. He, he doesn't give up on you because as long as you're alive and draw breath, you probably can be saved. Okay? But God will give, let you go where you want to go so you can see how, hopefully see how bad it is and want to get on your face and repent. He's so merciful. You're going to see that in Romans and we're in chapter 2. So God gave him up to these vile affections. Okay? God gave them up to themselves. Let them go where they own go. Let their mind take them where they want to go, okay? All right, read. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creatures rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So in other words, you worship what was made versus worship what was blessed, which is God. Right. So you underline that. Worship the what? The, cre the creation. Creation. Over the, Over the creator. So now he's giving detail what we got before wherefore and therefore ends you up worshiping the creation more than you create God. You follow what I'm saying? He gives you specific outcomes to behaviors. So your specific outcome right now to deserve the wrath of God, because as we started with, is that you do all those things we highlighted, and then it ends up you worshiping where you shouldn't worship. Okay? Go ahead. One more. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passion, for their women exchanged natural relations for those who are contrary to nature. Okay, now, underline that. If he says women, he gave them up, meaning he let them do what they want to do, gave them up for women exchanging what was natural for them for unnatural things, what do you think he's talking about? Just answer questions. Lesbianism. 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 Right. What's your say, mother? Lesbianism. Speak up a little bit so they can hear you. Okay. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affection, for even their women did, did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So, to, to, what's against nature for two women to be together? It is natural, ordained by God, that a man and a woman should come together, even if they come together illegally. That's natural. So God is saying when a person acts like this, their fallen state puts them into doing things that are what? Unnatural. And if it's unnatural, it surely can't be holy. Okay? It surely can't be holy. Y'all mark where we at right now. Okay? It's going to get good. Because this is where we, this is what I'm talking about. This is, this is the essence of what I'm trying to show you guys. You can't justify sin. You can't justify sin. So what is unnatural, it don't care how much you love a person, if it's unnatural, it can't be justified by the holiness of God because unnatural deserves the wrath of God. 
So when you dabble in what is unnatural as a child of God, you deserve the chastisement of God. And if you stay in that thing any length of period of time and, you, and that becomes your lifestyle, then you might not be saved. And that puts you in the wrath of God. Okay? Because some people make false professions of faith. But for you, you want to stay away from what's unnatural. <coughs> you don't want to worship anything that's made. I don't care what it is. You don't want to sit back and go, hey, well, I really love my car. You know, you don't want to do that. Because really, you, it, 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 sometimes it's innocent. But a lot of times you're serious. Let somebody, let somebody do something to your car. You're going to have a complete fit. Hello, everyone. This is Tanika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. And I'm stopping by to share about the Soul Cow Podcast Explosion. The date is October 23rd, which of course is on a Wednesday. It'll be from 5 to 9. Please keep listening to our amazing sponsor, Pastor Jay of Walk in Truth Radio Podcast and Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Be blessed, motivated, and always inspired to do what God has laid on your heart. I hope to see you at the Soul Cow Podcast explosion remember it is a free event to attend and invite your friends and family and come and learn and enjoy meeting some new people at the soul cow podcast explosion have a great day and i can't wait to see you